Hey, what's up? Welcome in. It's another edition of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Uh, we've got a, a bit of a, a, a happy side of the podcast and then a sad side of the podcast. So we're going to start on the happy side. As everybody knows, I'm a Vikings fan, so we'll save that for a second. We have to start with the positives because we're very positive people here. Okay, I'm throwing it over to my co-host, Joey Moore. He was in attendance at the Niners win against the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs. Just give us the lay of the land. Obviously, they won and you have a lot of takes, but how was the atmosphere there at Levi's in the first round of the playoffs? I'm super glad we're leading with this because I wanted to talk about it. But like I've been to I've been to playoff games, baseball, hockey, baseball and hockey only, but football, hearing 70,000 people like yell at one time, like regular season games, it's one thing, but a playoff. It's nuts. It's just you start good things happen. You start high fiving people. You don't even know their name. You don't care where they're from. You don't care about anything. You're like, but but I probably high fived thirty people around <laughs> where I'm sitting, and uh, it's 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 just COVID kind of took it away. But I'm I'm so glad to be back with like that stuff. Like kind of like officially somewhat by it. I know it's still around, but um, yeah, it was awesome. The weather, good thing the weather wasn't as bad as it was kind of expected. But uh, hearing the chance, hearing the Purdy chance just gets me going. <laughs> yeah, um, you were saying that it felt like a movie with how they felt like I'm watching Rudy. Yeah, they're like introducing all the defensive and offensive players. And then he got, you said he got the loudest ovation. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. So the way they do it, I don't know if other teams do it, but they announce either the starting offense or defense every week and they alternate. So this time, I guess it was the offense. And of course they lead with Mike McGlinchey because no one cares. Um, but then they get to like, you know, here comes Trent Williams. Here comes use check. Here comes McCaffrey kid, all these stars, right? And they get to the very end. They kind of just pause right when Purdy's just standing in the entrance and then you just hear like from Iowa State quarterback number thirteen, bro. and it's just like, is this Elvis? Like, is <laughs> are, have the Beatles come back? Yeah, exactly. Have the Beatles are the Beatles back? Is that Taylor Swift? <laughs> it's incredible. Um, so yeah, we buried the lead a little bit. I just wanted to hear about what it was like at the game, but the lead here is of everybody on Wild Card Weekend. The two best teams uh, in terms of their performance are facing off next Sunday in the the uh, Cowboys at the Niners. So let's start. We're going to recap all six games. We'll go into your Jack and the Bum of the Week. We'll preview next week's divisional round matchup. Take a look at maybe some QB and coaching carousel stuff, and then I'll give out my picks, and you'll give out your wildest take of the week. Um, let's start in chronological order. Niners, big win. Trailing at the half, I thought Seattle was very game in the first half, especially just like high energy wise. And then, you know, the wheels come off the wagon in the second half and the Niner machine keeps rolling. So as someone who was at the game, what were you thinking in the first half when it seemed a little dicey? And then what did you see in the second half that, that changed uh, the fortunes for Kyle's guys? Yeah, they had us in the first half, uh, as that that meme went. The, a not lot of gonna nervous, lie, a lot of, yeah, not gonna lie, a lot of nervous energy in that building after uh, G Jimmy Ward inexplicably decides to go headhunting oh. with one second left on the clock. I almost almost was a jack in the bum candidate of the week, but luckily we didn't. That luckily that after, didn't have a huge impact after that hit, and then the Josh Myers kick. I texted Evan, the biggest freaking Seahawks fan in the world. I said sphincters are tight. 
in Levi oh, Stadium right now. <laughs> it's but like yeah, all was I, I relieved mean, in the second half. I mean, honestly, yeah, Purdy, the first pass, I was like, hope that got deflected because I don't know who he was throwing the ball to. Mm-hmm. Um a little shaky at first, but even though he was shaky, they had a the first drive was a field goal, their second drive was a touchdown. And you're like, okay, but then what has been concerning me the last month is just the defense hasn't been as, I don't know, perfect. I mean, they were perfect for a while. And now, like, we were texting and, you know, Traverius Ward was getting barbecued by DK Metcalf the whole game. I think he finished with 10 for 136 and two touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, I was a little shocked by that because when they played in Seattle a month ago, like Ward did really well. I'm like, okay, we got a guy who can like shut down a number one receiver. And it was like, that's not happening. <laughs> um, and Seattle was running the ball more. Like I think Kenneth Walker had played the Niners the two previous times, but the first one was his uh, NFL debut. And his second one was he was coming off a ankle injury. So he was definitely more of a, of an impact player this time. Um, yeah. They just, it Seattle was driving, just as much as the Niners were driving. And then, yeah, the, the field goal happens at the end of the half, and it's like, okay, this drive out of half is, is going to tell us a lot we need to know. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, a clutch drive after the, you know, halftime and kind of got all started with Debo Samuel getting riled up. Yeah. Um, that was the turning point. The which game. is interesting when uh, you see a scrum of, like, football players. It's like that's a lot of just man in a, in a small circumference of an area. <laughs> um. But yeah, they finished that drive off, and then the biggest the, the game turned when the strip sack because yeah. Seattle was driving again, and the strip sack happens, and the Niners take it right back down the field and make it thirty one seventeen, and then it forces Seattle to kind of just you know have to pass more than they want to. And you're right; uh, that was the turning point, especially because I believe they were like either in the red zone or right on the edge of the red zone. Oh, they were in it. Six. Yeah, they were down six. They, they were in it, and then I think I don't know if it was a penalty or. What I think it was a penalty because I don't think they got a, two sacks in a row. It made right. it like third and fourteen after they had just converted like a third and twelve on the DK like slant that he kind of bobbled and then caught. Yep. You're like, man, they're driving again, and then and then a strip sack, they get it and then take it the field. Yeah, and, that was uh, the key right there. 17. Seahawks, yeah. you know, if they can run the ball, they could have stayed in it much further. T- say they take a 24-23 lead there. You know, it's going to be comp- more competitive the rest of the way because Who'd they wouldn't have been goal? able to play. Yeah, even if they were just, you know, down 10 even. But when they were down 14 and they had to press, that's when D'Amico Ryan's defense was like, you are not going to score the rest of this game. Did get a garbage time touchdown in there. But overall, you felt pretty good, right? Comfortable win in the first round. Yeah, for some reason, I do think just in any sport, but maybe even football the most, like that first game is like no matter who you're playing, I don't care if it's the 72 Dolphins against, you know, the eight and nine Bucks we saw last night. <laughs> like it's just nerves and it's just it's just weird. Like like you said, butts can get really tight really quick <laughs> and your 17 game season can just come crashing down like, you know, in a split second. And, and mm-hmm. uh, after halftime, yeah, it was just it felt like a lightning strike. All of a sudden it was 41 17 and you're like, okay, that's better. I can breathe. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, all, all in all impressive performance. I mean, yeah. Brock Purdy finished 18 of 30 for 332, which is a, might be as many yards as Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown his entire playoff career. <laughs> I saw that Jimmy G had uh 
what was it, four passing touchdowns in his entire playoff career, and now Purdy has three and a rushing touchdown through one game, so he's equaled. I'm like, that's an incredible stat right there. It shows I still you love how- you, Jimmy. We still love Jimmy. He's in the podcast name. We love the man, but Purdy is making the Bay Area media forget Jimmy even existed, which is absolutely shocking, basically seven weeks into his professional career. Uh, so we've recapped that first game. We're going to go out of chronological order here because I just want to get it off my chest early. Vikings 31-24 loss at home against the Giants. Daniel Jones finished with 301 passing yards, 78 rushing yards. I was texting you during the game. There were crossing routes that were like so open and, and just, you know, screen passes that were just so perfectly blocked that we had no hope. I was like, I think if you put Helen Keller in at quarterback for the Giants, she could have gone like 21 of 30 for 250 and a couple scores. Like that was probably the worst defensive performance that the Vikings have ever had on like a big stage. Um, you know, obviously playoffs, we did have a, a big loss to the Giants about 20 years ago. But for the most part, we always kind of show up and it's a close game. We should have lost by more than we did. I thought the offense was great, but the defense was just an absolute abomination. Vikings Twitter was ablaze the whole game saying we should have fired Ed Donatel earlier in the season. It's clear his... Well, that's what his, I want to know. Yeah, this uh, is what you were Vikings, trying to talk me I want to know what Vikings fans... Like, what are they saying? So... The consensus throughout the season was more on your side of things, where you say the Jimmys and Joes matter more than the X's and O's. The Vikings don't have the horses. It doesn't matter who the defensive coach is. The coordinator, I when they first hired Ed Donatel to be on the team with Kevin O'Connell, I said, it's a good fit. I, we've never run a 3-4. The Vikings have always been a 4-3 team my entire life. Um, I prefer the 3-4. I like that we signed Zadarius Smith. He's perfect for the 3-4. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. And then once the season started, basically from like week two onward, we're like, oh, we do not have the corners and safeties to play if, you know, after Lewis Seen was hurt early in the season, our first round pick. So it was like, very clearly, we don't have the Jimmys and Joes to like have a good defense. But Vikings Twitter went apeshit on at Donatel, especially in the second half of that Giants game, it was clear, you know, Brian Dable was coaching circles around him. So the consensus seems to be that he's going to be back next year, but the majority of the fans want him gone. Um, I thought, you know, my boy Cameron Bynum, obviously someone who I, you know, he's a great story and a great guy. He was torched the entire game. Uh, Harrison Smith, again, <laughs> borderline you know, you're a great guy, good, good, good guy community, but uh you were torched yeah harrison smith borderline hall of famer i think he's been to six pro bowls multiple time first team all pro he was torched almost the entire game he's he's 32 years old he was slow he can still hit like nobody's business but he was torched all game patrick peterson just too old could not cover i mean the problem was yeah, there there were there's there's like i heard a stat they were talking about it with mahomes and like it kind of was used to not discredit him, but like just kind of put it into perspective of how how good of a coaching job it is. The, the percentage of completions that Mahomes has that are to guys, I don't know the official term, but the uh, the the regular term is called wide ass open. How many wide ass <laughs> open guys is he throwing to? Yeah, and like it's like the highest in the league that Mahomes is like. So Andy Reid and BNME, what they're doing, like guys are wide ass open. And I was just saying, like, 
the Giants, everyone is running wide ass open. <laughs> and yeah, I was I was saying over. to you what was killing what was killing you was you know, Danny Dimes, and I heard this, I was calling him Daniel Vick. Here's a better one. Vanilla Vick is oh. is a great nickname. That dude, oh. I mean, it's not even sneaky athletic. That guy is very athletic. Yes. And, and he, he, ran, can take I heard a he hit. ran for seven first downs. Like that's not you can take one run for like 90 yards and a touchdown. Like that's one play you messed up. But seven different plays where he yeah. runs for a first down, that that is just you were texting me, you're like, where's our gap integrity? You know, like yeah. a hockey well, coach. We gotta have like, gap integrity. I'm I was, like, yeah. I was like, you should spy on him. But then I'm like, to probably the D coordinators is like, why would I spy on him? That's one less guy who's even covering what's out there. Yeah. And it's clear they couldn't cover. I mean, we're not talking about the dolphins here with Tyreek and Waddle just going everywhere. We're talking about the fucking Giants. It's Darius Slayton just carving Kenny us Gall- up. Kenny Galladay, the most expensive decoy in the NFL. Oh my God. It, and you know, the game should have ended a half hour before it did because that pass over the middle to Slayton, I mean, hits him right in between yeah, the numbers. Right. He catches it, he goes for 30 more yards, and the game is over. So you know, the score says 31-24. It could have been worse. So the people, offense, so Vikings, fine, but... so Skull Nation wasn't blaming Captain Kirk? There was a lot I of wouldn't. frustration I with the, the I thought he was fine. on fourth down. The, See, that... I heard a really good point about that. It's like, yeah, you probably just shouldn't do that. Like, I mean, he there was no chance he was going to catch it and somehow break a tackle and turn up field the way it was. But somebody made a really good point about blaming Kevin O'Connell because if you look at the other three guys, the route tree, like they're 30 yards downfield. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I saw the aerial shot. If it's fourth and fourth like, and eight, yeah. like, can somebody run like a 10 yard hit? I don't know, something. But like, Jefferson, the play we all these ran guys were like against, way down. The play like, we ran against Buffalo where Jefferson made the catch of the year, it was like fourth and 15. He ran like a 16 yard, like, it was like a stutter go and then. 16 yards, you know, one yard beyond the stick. He's like, just put it up in the air. I was like, how is that not the first play you think of fourth and eight trying to drive and tie the game? Well, that was Jeff- one thing I you know texted you too about. I was like, has has Justin Jefferson caught a ball in like the last hour? And it was two like- targets in the second half. They I mean, I was telling you they they the video showed that they were bracketing him the entire game, which I get. I mean, that's the move, and it, it was successful for them. It meant Hawkinson had what 12 for 129 because they basically left the middle of the field completely open the entire game. But I got to hand it to Dayball. I mean, I wanted the Giants because I thought they were the easiest matchup. I was wrong. We were like big time out coached and a uh, lot to do in the offseason for the Vikings because I saw a lot of holes in that team uh, when they played a, a halfway decent well-coached opponent. So It was interesting. Kevin O'Connell comes from the, the Rams, you know, McVay tree. And uh, I don't know. I was just thinking like Cooper Cup probably gets – like you were saying, double covered, bracketed, whatever, whatever it is. Like I don't know, Jefferson. I, I know he doesn't block as well as probably Cooper Cup does. Because Cooper Cup is an elite blocker for a wide receiver, mm-hmm. but that's why they have him so close to the line of scrimmage a lot. But yeah, but it was, it was some, somebody was like Justin Jefferson, like throw your helmet or something, like be upset you're not getting the ball. I was like, that's a bit much, but. Yeah, I mean, there's not. I'm, it, it reminded me of watching playoff games with Culpepper and Moss as a kid, where it's like once you got to the playoffs, and if you look at Randy Moss's playoff numbers for both the Vikings and the Pats, they're not great, not because of anything he did, but because 
you know, when you're so far and away the best player on a team, everybody takes the Belichick model and says, take away their best player, make them play left-handed. And it worked big time, yeah. you know. So next year, Jefferson gets a new contract, maybe a coaching change in terms of defensive staff. We'll see. But all in all, a very surprising, very lucky season that ended about the way I think most of us would have expected a one-score loss, which was bound to happen. We were 11-0 going into that point. But let's take a look at the AFC playoffs uh, before we get to your Jack and the Bum of the Week, uh, starting with the first game, which was Chargers-Jacksonville, which, I mean, one of the great comebacks of all time. I just want to start off the top with Brandon Staley has not been fired, and it appears he's coming back next season, which... Number one, that's a big surprise to me. They fired Joel Lombardi today, the offensive coordinator, and they're keeping um, the head coach, which seems – I mean, that's a big surprise to me. I think if you blow a 27-point lead and you have a history, especially this season and last, of, I don't know, just being so aggressive in certain situations and so passive in others that it affects your team's ability to, like, close out big leads. I thought Staley would be fired off of that performance, but – more so than anything, I got to hand it to Doug Peterson. His teams just never give up, and that was a hell of a game. Yeah, you know, I'm going to talk about it in a future segment, but like the Chargers did force five turnovers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Four, and Brandon Staley is a defensive guy. I don't believe five turnovers in a or four picks and a half or something like that has never happened in a playoff game where if it has, like the team is like never lost. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like it, it, it's just, it's just really, it's just really odd how it falls on him, um, which it does. It's just the way, the way it goes. But yeah, I mean, just a horrible collapse. Joey Bosa has gone full nuclear. Since that then. was insane. I mean, I, when I saw his interview after the game, by the way, what a weird voice. He he like he like he sounds exactly like this. brother. Like, wow, very odd. But still, he made a good point. I mean, the refs did blow two calls on the same play that led to a touchdown for the Jags. It was a false start clearly on the right tackle that was trying to block Bosa. And then in addition to that, it was just a wicked hold, like a very obvious hold. So rough spot for the Chargers there. Great comeback. I mean, that seems to be the hallmark of Doug Peterson teams. I believe he's won uh, – I think he's 5-1 and one as a postseason head coach, and he's been an underdog in every one of those games, which is nuts. He can seems coach. To be the way. Yeah, a guy can coach. He's won a Super Bowl, and he still doesn't get much respect. But, you know, I, obviously I think this is the end of the line for them. They're playing at Kansas City next week. But impressive yeah, we'll performance see, we'll from Lawrence. See if he can coach next week. <laughs> yeah. Lawrence, though, I mean – Four picks in the first. I don't know half whether to say that was terrible wins. or that was great because you throw four picks and still win, like because because I was thinking about it. If you if you don't get upset at like one touchdown and one pick, which a lot of guys have done a lot of times in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's no different if you throw four touchdowns and four picks. I mean, the <laughs> ratios is like you if you throw four <laughs> touchdowns, like you score twenty eight points mm-hmm. if your kicker makes six points. Uh. <laughs> Like I don't know, it's just it, it's just it's just weird. Like he, you remember the last quarterback build, throw build, four picks in a playoff game and win? Last one to do it? Yep. I, I want to say Brett Favre, 2014 NFC Championship. Russell Wilson over the oh, Packers. Hey. 
our guy. Yeah, our guy. Our maybe our favorite segment. Uh, you know, subject of the year. Poor Russ, but was a good moment for him, even though he was concussed and tried to play through it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, rank. Uh, we'll talk about the Bills Dolphins next. Our, this is a pro Mike McDaniel podcast. This was his best performance of the year. He had Skylar Thompson at quarterback, and they damn near won that game. Incredible performance from Miami. They they only lost 34-31. I thought when it was 17-0 early in the second quarter, that game was going to be 41-3. I was like dead certain. I was like, probably don't even need to watch. I'll just flip over to the Fox pregame before the Vikings game. No, no, no. Incredible job by by Miami uh, rallying in that game with a third-string quarterback, who, by the way, I didn't think was any good in college either. It was incredible. By the way, was also picked ahead of Brock Purdy, but you know, <laughs> neither here nor there. You know, some some can make it, some don't. Um, I love Mike McDaniel. I thought he had a lot of really good points, but you could damn near say he lost the game with his decision to throw the ball near his own end zone. Third and nineteen. Throws a pick. Throws a yeah. pick. Um, also, the clock management at the end of the game. He said that they told him it was first down when really it was at fourth and one, and then they take the delay of game or whatever whatever it was. And, right. and then um but I mean Big to st- even have that team in the in the game is is nuts. I mean, I think the bigger story is that Buffalo seems kind of falling off the rails a bit. I mm-hmm. you know, Josh Allen is just it's like I texted you, it's inarguable that he just has a turnover problem. Yeah. Um and and looking yeah, yeah. at the would week I, before would I take that, him over ninety eight, ninety seven percent of the quarter. Sure, hell yeah, absolutely. Looking but at the week before that, is, they, is they, only beat, they only beat they only beat New England. And Mahomes. They only beat New in New England because of two kickoff return touchdowns. So they really haven't had a good performance in like four weeks, and they're turning the the ball over. Yeah, and like if you haven't seen the quarterbacks left in the AFC are uh, pretty damn good. Quite good. And uh, like all of them are probably better than all of the ones in the NFC. Uh, yeah, I, I just he turning the ball over. I mean, he's the only thing that concerns me about the the you know, game next week is Cincinnati is losing guys on the line left and right. Uh, who knows if they can block? But yeah, as for this game, Josh Allen. I mean, if he reigns in the turnovers, they should be fine. But yeah, what a game! I did not think it was going to be. I, I think last week I said it was going to be a, a celebration for Demar Hamlin, and I think they might play a football game. Oh, they did. Miami yeah. played a football game. They the I saw his interview, uh, Mike McDaniel, with a beat reporter before the game, and he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, nobody gives us a chance, but I think we got a shot. Get ready for some weird shit. And I was like, oh, like I saw, I was like. I love this guy. I was not expecting that answer. I thought he was going to, I mean, he gives a great interview. That's why I like, he does. Coach. He like, yeah. you ever hear him like with a sign, even like before the third quarter, he, he went, he was interviewed by the uh, Tracy Wolfson. And, you know, would you, uh, what do you think? What do you think coming out of the locker room? You know, Mike, how do you think Skylar Thompson played? He's like, you tell he like takes a breath. Like, well, it's a really good question. I think he's played well. I think he lacks some place back, but overall I love the effort and uh, we're looking to play better in the second half. And uh, I'm here to help him out. Whatever he said, Tracy Wilson was like, "Thanks, Mike." And he's like, "Thanks, Tracy. Have a great yeah. day." It's and like literally every other, every other coach is like, "I thought he was good." You see John Harbaugh on Sunday Night Football, his halftime interview. Holy fucking shit! It, it, I mean, I love John Harbaugh. By the way, I bet on him last week. They should it's have just asked like him about Lamar. Like, hey, oh you know, man, cool game. But like, John, why is Lamar not here? He just like gives. Uh, 
oh who was it um melissa stark she just said something about tyler huntley she's like he's like is there a question and then she he, she's like yeah do you think we're gonna see more of huntley is brown gonna she's like yeah i mean we just gotta not turn the ball i don't know what you're asking me and i was like wow this dude is pissed and then mcdaniel's like thanks tracy appreciate thanks, the tracy. question Hope you have a really good day like, do you have a jacket like it's cold yeah. out <laughs> Nicest dude in the world. A great season for Miami. If they can get their quarterback situation straightened out next year and Tua can get healthy, I think that's a team that's on the rise. So good season for Miami, and uh, we'll definitely be seeing them down the road. Uh, I think next year they'd probably be a decent bet to win the, the East with the way Buffalo's trending. Um, ravens Bengals Sunday night football. I was all over the Ravens. I told everybody on the podcast next week or last week, when you go to bet this game, wait till it gets to Baltimore seven and a half. If you did, you won. I bet Baltimore plus ten because it kept moving and moving and moving. Um, I don't know. I Baltimore, in my opinion, probably should have won the game. It all came down to the Huntley play on fourth and goal. He extends over the line, gets knocked over. Hubbard, the hometown kid in Cincinnati, brings it back for the touchdown. Baltimore didn't score another uh, point after that, and neither did Cincinnati. So really, it all came down to that one play and. I mean, Baltimore almost pulled the mega upset, which would have ruined your AFC bracket. But uh, the, the Bengals survive in advance. Uh, what did you think of that game? Two big things. Let's start with the little one. Uh, or the less hot takey of my takes. Um, just looking forward, the Bengals have an offensive line problem again. Mm-hmm. They lost Jonah Williams. And I just don't know if, if Joe Burrow is going to be able to do it again. I love that guy, but he didn't look great. I mean, they struggled to move the ball. I mean, they only scored 17 points Mm -hmm. uh, against the Ravens. I know the Ravens play good defense, but still, um, that's the first thing. The other thing is I don't know how you can look at this game without looking at it through the prism of Lamar Jackson. Don't really know why he didn't go. It very well could be it's better for his rehab. That's the best-case scenario if you're a Lamar guy. Worst case scenario is he bailed. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why if he didn't bail, like I, I'm not disputing that he is hurt. I don't know if you watched like Monday night countdown yesterday, but they were talking about it. And like RG three was like, basically like going so hard. He almost was Lamar's agent. It felt Mm -hmm. like, like, Oh, he's hurt. And it's like, it's like, I just want to be like RG three and everyone who has that similar take. Like, I don't dispute that he's hurt. Like, I don't dispute that at all. My point is, is if he didn't, if there wasn't something weird going on, A, why didn't he go? Mm. B, why did he put out some tweet the very next morning saying, like, if you're not respected, like, you won't get respect back or whatever. Like, he put out, I don't know if you saw it, like, put mm-hmm. out, like, a thing on Instagram or, or Twitter, I forget what it was, that they put on ESPN. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a guy who's just hurt and everything is just right. kumbaya. And, like, he, I mean, he, your, he your main point tweet. is why wasn't he at the game? That's, I mean, yeah, the, 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 he sends us a tweet like midweek saying, like, here's why I'm not playing. I'm like, okay, get Lamar, we get it. You're not playing. Okay. Did you explain? Yeah. Did you explain why you didn't, why you're not going to go? I, and, and it's just, there's been such a focus on the athletic trainers and all these teams. And when he was hurt, like, they specifically said, grade one, two, whatever it was, like PCL sprain, like one to two weeks. And then Schefter had the report, like, he should be good to go for Christmas. Well, that was like three or four weeks ago. Mm. And he hasn't played. And Schefter reported today that there's people around the league, also in the Ravens, but around the league that are just like, this just doesn't 
it's not it. And I just, I never would have thought it would have come from Lamar. I really like everything I've ever seen of him has been, you know, high level human. And, and it's like, something's off. Something you, is you so said that off. last week, something's way off and him not being at the game. And then just the cryptic tweet and the, you know, trying to convince everybody that yes, I am injured, but not giving an explanation as to why he wasn't at the game. And Very people were strange. asking John Harbaugh, like, you know, what's kind of like what's up? And he never once was like, Lamar's hurt. Like, here's here's like the schedule. Like, yeah. Or like he's limping around. We'll see him. We haven't, we don't know. He was like, he basically said, like, Tyler Huntley's our guy. Like, we'll see Lamar when we see Lamar. Mm. And it's just weird. It's just weird. And very odd situation. You, you wonder what would have happened if they too, won. I was like, you don't think it was weird that guy on the guy on the Ravens half a year, Roquan Smith, gets extended. Like that week, like I, I, yeah, that I said that was a giant F you to Lamar. I mean, I don't know. It just, it very well simply from the Ravens could be, like I said, I, I mean, Lamar Jackson is a great, great player, but he's a flawed player. And maybe the Ravens just don't think they can win big with him mm-hmm. because he either A, gets hurt a lot, or B, you know, he just doesn't throw from the pocket. And when you get like, Tyler Huntley, like, oh, people say, like, oh, the, well, they didn't win the game. Like, if you would have had Lamar, you would have won the game. Maybe if he's available, one next season, if that same situation, is he available? And then number two, does he win? Like, I believe the Ravens blew more double-digit fourth-quarter leads in the in the league this year. Mm-hmm. I like and, and, the and NFL next year, record, yeah, yeah, and next year, if and, and next year if that happens, like, it's no longer a rookie deal problem. It's a two hundred fifty million dollar guaranteed deal problem. Mm-hmm. And so, it seems like a problem that is more likely than not to be taken on by another team at this point. Like, I see him going to Atlanta. At, yeah, you said Atlanta last week. I, I think heard the Jets too, as well. I heard too. Who would turn this down? Lamar for Justin Fields. Mm, I think Baltimore wouldn't make that deal. I, th- I maybe a pick. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think yeah. it'd be Lamar and and, and for Justin Lamar Fields and, and the a, first pick? Yeah, Lamar and a one, and the first pick in the draft. Or yeah, Lamar for Fields yeah. and uh yeah yeah that makes I, I not maybe not the first pick maybe like thirty third pick or something but I don't know it'd be interesting to see with the cap, Justin Fields is basically up. the same player but a lot cheaper right that be uh, that's a and great idea. Pick. And I would fucking hate that because he'd be in the division and make Chicago relevant immediately. That's a good. That's a good call there. If he's uh, healthy, yeah. If he's not sick or you know feigning an injury, I mean, it's a very strange situation because I would say until six weeks ago, I had nothing but positive things to say about Lamar Jackson. Like comparing him to Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's like a grade A dick. Yeah. Uh, but Lamar was like, it was like, yeah, everyone loves Lamar, but like, it's just he's gone so sour. And I think, and I think a big part of it is just he doesn't have an agent, and mm-hmm. I felt that as a Niner fan with Debo Samuel, he has an agent. But I, I, I watched a documentary on it. It's kind of like his uncle, mm-hmm. and part of the reason why he requested a trade is because Debo got very emotional. He's an emotional person. You can tell the way he plays. He's mm-hmm. he's fiery guy. Like he was disrespected by the Niners' offer, and it gets really, you know, contentious or whatever. But like, it's fine now. Yeah. Like. It it you know that eventually the Niners out. wrote wrote the check, but like I think Lamar probably heard from Baltimore like what the number was, and he's like, 
<laughs> he was like not happy at all. And has <laughs> right. just it's just ne- that feeling has just never gone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy situation. We'll talk about the QB and coach carousel here in a minute. One more game to go over from the wild card round. Absolute beatdown by the Cowboys, sending the goat possibly into retirement. Really, from the first moment of that game, that I mean, Dallas outcoached, outclassed Tampa Bay by a mile. Our pick of Tampa plus three was dead immediately. We've been talking about it for weeks. How we thought, terrible. yeah, how we thought Dallas was going to lay an egg in that game. And I saw the stats all week. Dallas one and four on on uh, grass, and they, they they're only good on artificial turf. I'm like. Okay, everything's pointing towards Tampa here. No, it wasn't even wasn't even a race. Uh, we're de- debating the whole game, like you know, should should Tom finally call it quits here after you know a the really embarrassing season? I mean, that's the first red zone pick since 2019. I'm like, once I saw that, I was like, man, it's gonna be an ugly game. But Dallas now traveling to the Niners next week and coming off of a game where that's the best Dak has looked. I think this entire season he looked fantastic. I mean. You really could argue impressive. his his best game ever was the game last year in Tampa mm-hmm. when he started the season that kickoff game. He was fantastic, even though they lost. But watching him yesterday, he he looked he looked like the 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 magnitude of the game helped him. Like it was like yeah. this is it, like shit or get off the pot. <laughs> and and like he was moving. I've never seen him move that well, especially since the injury. He was like diving for first downs he was mm-hmm. they you know his fourth, jersey was down. Just green from how often he was running yeah the fourth down like you know boot to the left um he was hitting uh dalton, dalton schultz, schultz up and down up the field all night yeah um looking at you talanoa hufunga how about you know who you're covering <laughs> sunday um yeah he looked fantastic shut me up because yeah, I thought, I mean, I was like, you you can't stop throwing the ball to the other team. And he looked, I mean, everything looked confident. Everything looked on time. He looked, he, I mean, it was, it was, if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to be like, that's as good as I could have hoped. Yeah. We got to give Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy an apology. We underrated that team. Maybe uh, the problem was Aaron yeah. Rodgers with Mike McCarthy. <laughs> maybe. Hey, now that's a hot take. That I would love to get into, but maybe we'll save that for an end I mean, of back season. Back-to-back back twelve win seasons. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's, you know, Vince Lombardi out here, but uh, maybe, maybe Rogers is holding him down. You know, they were like what nine and seven the last two seasons there with McCarthy. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, let's pivot over to your Jack and the Bum of the week. Obviously, at, you know, playoff games. The candidates are an even higher quality than usual because the stakes are so high. So the ones that I was thinking, okay, Ed Donatel, Vikings defensive coordinator, would have been my pick. But that's just because I'm flaming mad because of how that game i got to be honest, Eric, I don't know if that gets the people going. No, it doesn't. I mean, (laughs) Ed Donatel content, not exactly moving the meter there (laughs) on TikTok, but shitty defensive game plan, really just, you know, a really sour taste in Vikings fans mouth probably for the rest of the offseason after how bad that defense was in a in a really important game at home too like you saw the crowd before the game and i had the thought for a few minutes like there's no way we're losing this game with the way the crowd is and then once we saw two or three perfect drives from the giants to start the game i was like you know all that fan I mean, it, energy as a is fan gone. watching it just as a as a person with no super investment in, in who won or lost but I mean, Minnesota looks like an incredibly tough play, place to play. 
like it it looks like the dome and that that whatever you call that viking horn galler horn mm-hmm. it's like got everybody fired up john randall was there my boy blowing the galler horn getting everybody fired up i was like we are not losing this game and then our boy ed donatel ruined the day and the vikings <laughs> defense needs to be completely rebuilt um we already covered lamar jackson i mean he was on the list given the whole saga this week todd bowles also would have been someone i would have looked at and then you got a couple you want to go over as well. Um, but who's going to be your jack in the bum of the week for playoff week one? The the jack in the bum of the week, it, it's hard to pick a guy who who was on a team that won, which is why I put somebody and then deleted it and then put who I did. Because my original selection was um, Brad Maher because he had just a horrendous day last night. Like, I mean, just tuggy left. Uh, pushy right, like whatever couldn't hit water, he fell out of a boat. But hey, the best part is, is it, it none of those points mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, Jack and the Bum of the week is none other than we got two people. Focus on one number one, Brandon Staley, Jack and the Bum, but maybe even more Jack and the Bum of week one of the playoffs, wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. Justin Herbert. That's mm. right. Justin Herbert with the six set of lettuce on his head. <laughs> Jack of the bum of the week. You are spotted 27, nothing against Jacksonville Jaguars. The opposing quarterback throws four picks. You have to win that game. You know, so much of this blame is getting put on his offensive coordinator as he got fired and Brandon Staley, you know, deservedly. So you can't, you can't be the head coach that blows that game. But like, if you are who, People keep saying you are like one touchdown drive would have done it in the second half one. And if you look at like the numbers based on the picks they were getting from uh, Trevor Lawrence, like they had short fields. So like his numbers weren't even that good. Mm-hmm. He finished 25 of 43, which not great. And 273. I, it, it's decent, but like figure it out, like throw, throw, make, Convert a third down, move the chains, something. You got to do something. And to blow a 27-0 lead, I if Matt Ryan's going to take the heat and Kyle Shanahan, for that matter, for the Super Bowl, like it's got to be on you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't put you with Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, and, well, I'm not going to put Trevor Lawrence there yet, but Justin Herbert, you, you got to – you got to win games. I know I don't wins are not a huge QB stat or like some people don't think, but like sometimes you got to win the game, do something. There seems to be with him, this divergence between social media, you know, yeah, football I, that's analysts a great, that's and a great ESPN point. analysts, like the, the Bill Cowers and the old heads on NFL today and Fox NFL Sunday think one way about Justin Herbert and then the like more nuanced like Dan Orlovsky, Mina Kimes, whatever they think another way. So social media, young people, they're like Herbert is the second best quarterback in the NFL. They are ready to die on that hill. And everybody else who's like an old head is like, I would not even put him in the same universe as Joe Burrow. So it's like there's this divergence for him. And that game on Sunday, that did nothing it's to a help black eye. Yeah, and, and the game last year on the final game of the season at the Raiders, where all they had to do was you know get a tire or win to get to the playoffs, and he he wasn't exactly Sterling in the first three quarters in that one. So it's like 
he next year is a big put up or shut some, up year for Herbert. For some reason, like Herbert is one of those guys that based on, I don't know, maybe not high expectations, his first like rookie year. I don't know. I mean, he's a top 10 pick. Like, why wouldn't they be high? But like he comes in and sets the world on fire, and all of a sudden he can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And like this is the first time they made the playoffs. Um got outplayed by Derek Carr last year in that week 18 game. And and Derek Carr is looking for a new home. <laughs> um but yeah, same thing I say about Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers, like what you know, last year in the playoffs against the Niners, you know, it, it was blamed on the special teams, and you know, he got fired, and but it's like Aaron, like you had the ball, like if you're who you say you are and people make think you play. are, like, make a play. Same thing about Mahomes does it. Burrow has done it. You know, a, a lot of these guys, and Rodgers has done it. I'm not going to be, like, super unfair, but, like, it's it, why sometimes for some certain players in certain moments, it's like, why is it not your fault? Like, why is it everyone else besides you? Like, Justin Herbert is staring at a $250 million plus guaranteed contract coming to him this offseason. Yeah. Like, and Beat that was the, the Jaguars. Whole, yeah, that was the whole discussion with him coming out of college, too. I think people forget because he's been so much better than anybody thought. So season one, he comes in. The reason he was like the sixth pick and not the first pick is there's questions about, like, he's too quiet. He's not a leader. Okay. He's well, not like gonna, he's a nerd. They're like, he's got like yeah. a 4.0 something GBA. And they're yeah. Like, they're like, he is not a dog. Like, he is, <laughs> you know, not like one of the boys. I'm like, okay, but he's got a cannon for an arm. So he goes sixth overall. Uh Anthony Lynn had absolutely no intention of playing Justin Fields at all the first season. It was going to be Tyrod Taylor's team. He gets his lung punctured by the team doctor in week one, and then the world sees, oh, my God, Herbert is – the arm talent is top five maybe of all time. We're like, this guy has to play. They bring in a new coach after they fire Lynn. They build an offense around Herbert. He still has not won a playoff game. He still has not – I feel like taking that next step that everybody expected him to incredible quarterback. Obviously I'd love him on the Vikings and I feel like 25 teams would be falling all over themselves to get him. But yep. You know, he's your bum of the week for a reason. I mean, you can't blow a 27, nothing lead against the Jaguars when they turn the ball over five times. So um, not a good start to the postseason career of Justin Herbert. It's one of those things that if they do get Sean Payton, it's going to be like, okay, Justin, now it's on you. Same thing about <laughs> Russell Wilson. Like they fired, uh, hack it, and if they get somebody, they might get Peyton, whoever it is, and it's like, okay, we fired one guy. Yeah, we're not going to fire uh, a second. <laughs> like, we're going to fire you. you. Like <laughs> now, we found out that it, it may or may not have been that guy, but now the common denominator is you. So, <laughs> so we'll see what's going. Yeah, it seems like Staley is likely to come back with the firing of uh, Joe Lombardi today. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, let's take a quick look at the divisional round matchup. So I'm going to give you the lines for each of the games. Um, and then the broadcast crews and when we're going on it, on all of those games. So sa- Saturday, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, NBC, uh, going with the Tarico and Collinsworth crew, Jacksonville at Cincinnati, since, or excuse me, Jacksonville at Kansas City, uh, Kansas City minus eight and a half. Are you previewing the uh, AFC Championship? Yeah, I, I got ahead of myself, I suppose, there. It is definitely not going to be Jacksonville at Cincinnati in the <laughs> AFC Championship game. I tell you that right now. Jacksonville at Kansas City. That's why uh, they play the games. Yeah. Kansas City minus eight and a half. Um, I definitely lean Kansas City there, especially like teasing them down, six-point tease down to 2.5 underneath the field goal. I feel like Kansas City you should roll in this game. I mean, 
no reason that anyone I've seen has to pick, pick Jacksonville money line. Nope. It should yeah. be a walk in the park. I yeah. I hate to say it because I would have thought Buffalo would have beat Miami 41 to three. Yeah. But no. For the uh, rest no. of the way, there is not going to be more of a slam dunk than this game. You would think. Um, no. Then the Saturday late game on Fox, uh, this is going to be, I think this will probably be the, the, um, Burkhart and Olsen game giants at no, it's, Philly. It's, it's Burkhart is doing the Niners Cowboys. Oh, okay. Nice. So it's going to be the Joe Dave. And by the way, Joe Davis did a great job in the, uh, Oh, I love him. Yeah. In the, in the Niner game. I, I'm a big fan. Um, so giants at Philly, Philly ends up being minus seven and a half. There's it's rumored that that's going to go up higher. Um, I think that's a pretty damn good line. If it was seven, I would say that's probably a decent bet on Philly. If now that it's seven and a half, for me, it's the Giants or nobody in that game. Um, you know, we'll get into that game later. You have you have a, a little bit of a take on that one. The big game of the weekend. I think this is the best game of the weekend. Um, debatable, but I, I'm going to go Sunday noon uh, Pacific CBS. Uh, Nance and Romo, Cincinnati and at Buffalo. What I mean, we got here, Jim. A couple of go, great Jim. quarterbacks, Jim, that just love to throw the ball. Oh, my God. Yeah. Romo, oh, this guy's coming, Jim. This guy's coming. Do they see it? Do they see the blitz? Uh, he's trying. He's. I feel like Romo is trying to be this generation's John Madden, and he, I feel like he's actually gotten worse over the last few years. Like, he was so good, like 27. Well, he got, he got big retired. because there was that – he did the AFC Championship between – uh, the Patriots and Chiefs, and he there was like a couple drives where he literally told us what was going to happen. Yeah, like remember that? And it was like they're in cover two. Like here comes Gronk. Like and then it would happen, and you're like, oh, so this guy like really this knows. guy knows football. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like it's worn off a little bit. Obviously, that part he... is worn off. But I I do like the fact he just looks like he's not like refined. Like he's not. He, he's like oh Jim, here we go. <laughs> He's like us, where he's like so excited yeah. about the game, yeah. which I appreciate. I like that, but he's you know seven years they removed need from him being because in the Jim NFL. Nance is a stiff. He really is, and he Nance was when he was with Sims was always just terrible, and now he's <laughs> you know he's got someone who's excited with him, and it's brought the best out of him. But that's the game of the week for me. Uh, I when I saw that the line was Buffalo minus five, I was like give me all the Cincinnati bets in the world. And then as you said, all the offensive line stuff comes out where it's like, they may be missing the entire left side of their offensive line, Cincinnati. So tough spot there for Burrow. I really want him to win that game. Um, I guess I have to pick the Bengals because I picked them to win the Super Bowl, but their lines got me severely concerned. Yeah. Their line was, I mean, worse last year when they beat Tennessee and Kansas city on the road, but We'll see with that one. And then Sunday late game, Burkhart and Olsen, Dallas at SF, SF minus three and a half. I expected the line to be minus six and a half, and I was shocked that it was three and a half. All those Cowboys fans have been their team. Yeah. I mean, it opened four, and it immediately went to three and a half. I'm like, really? Damn good last night. They did look great. That's the best Dallas has looked all year. Incredible performance from them. Side note, I saw the average ticket price was – just under fifteen hundred dollars. No, you got to be kidding. Yeah, according to Tick Picks. Oh my! According God. to Field Yates, who I saw on Bleacher Report, his tweet was put on Bleacher Report, the app. You just he, t- he you quoted just... he quoted Tick Picks. The average ticket price for Niners Cowboys Sunday was fourteen hundred like eighty. That is absurd. You just paid one hundred and forty bucks to see him beat the Seahawks. Yep. I mean, 
That oh, I looked at the same. The, I know the people that I bought the tickets from because they're season ticket holders next to um, Kayla's family's tickets. And uh, uh, yeah, that the, those aren't for sale. And, and I think I think Kayla's like Mason, Jake, and their dad are going, last I heard. Wow. Um, but tickets in that row right now are going for over 800 each. My God. And that's second level, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I love the seat. They're like they're unreal seats because they're at the last row. Actually, fun fact: they're the last row, and right above it is a suite, and it's Kyle's family. Like you see huh. Mike Shanahan and like his wife. Um, but yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, Fox probably happy they get this one because last year CBS got it, and uh, Niners and Cowboys pretty big deal. Yeah, big game. Uh, we're going to get to our picks here uh, in just a little bit. Before we get to my You Like That Picks of the Week and Joey's feel gr- Feels Great Baby, uh, you know, wild take of the week, we have to talk a little bit about the QB and coach carousel. So with the news that it looks like Staley is coming back to the Chargers, that leaves only five openings. And I looked, the last few years has been like seven, six, seven, seven, and eight in terms of openings in the offseason. And there was one year where there was nine, I believe, it was like 2016. This year there's only five. And really, in my opinion, all of the jobs suck. They I mean, suck balls. They're, they're just horrendous. That's why I think um, we might get D'Amico back because I, I think he's good enough to where he will like, oh, wait. like uh, Exactly. Ben Johnson today, who everybody was like, Detroit's yeah. going to lose their offensive coordinator. He goes, I'm his, coming his back. His resume was that Packer game. Yeah. Like here it is. Yeah. And and he's literally like Dan Campbell, you're my guy. I'm coming back. I'm like, really? But if you look at the jobs, it's like Arizona job, nobody wants it. Indianapolis job, nobody wants it. Denver job, nobody wants that job. Carolina job. Maybe if you believe that you can grab a quarterback. I actually, as, as nuts as it is, I actually think the Denver one's the best job. Oh my God. I changed my mind because I would have said Carolina, but I changed my mind. It's because I just you heard of Walmart? Business is booming, <laughs> and uh, money's not not an object. They're going to pay probably top of the line, especially if they get Sean Payton. It's probably going to start with at least twenty million a year. And yeah, Russ probably just have to eat a bullet in the next year, maybe two, with him, unless you can fix him. Um, but after that, I mean, they have good players. I mean, Denver, you know, Broncos are you know number two not defense the Texans. in the league. They're not the yeah. Texans. Like, you know, people care about the Denver Broncos. And know. I don't even consider the Texans to be like a freaking NFL job. Everybody's like, so and so will it feels be. like it feels like they were an expansion team like in two thousand two, it was or four, whatever it was. Two, yeah. And like it feels like they're an expansion team every year. Yeah. Nobody wants that job. The owner is a lunatic. That guy Easterby that was in the building, he may be out of the building now, but it was just sounds like, like it's it's like a cult. It is a cult, and and literally they're like cycling through a different coach every year. The coach comes in, he's like, I'm going to change the culture, and they're like, no, you're not. We are a good Christian organization. I'm like, this is football. What are we doing? Like, you hire the best man for the job. So the Texans' job is not even a consideration. That is like a death sentence if you take that job. So that's what I'm saying. Is, same you know, thing with Indy. Like, same with I mean, Indy. you got a meddling owner. You know, just right, just, Which I think is why Denver, again, not only – like they know nothing about football. I've seen them do a couple interviews. Like they know nothing. I don't even like, I'm like, why did you even buy the team? Like you really don't even care. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, we're just an asset, you know, just moving, move, whatever it is, moving money. And uh, it's like, they're not going to like, 
Michael Bidwell, I heard with Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury, is like having weekly meetings about like schemes. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury again is is Belichick, but he knows more than Michael Bidwell. <laughs> yeah. Not an ideal job, really. Just write the checks and stay out of the way. Yeah. So that was my point is there's going to be a quarterback carousel. It will be determined after the coaches are determined. And there seems to be like seven or eight teams who are going to go into next year. Just bad job, new coach, know it's going to suck. Probably drafting a guy like you know Stroud and Young and Levis in the first three or four picks. But there are going to be five to seven teams who, and I'm just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Jets, Atlanta, you know, Carolina, New Orleans, teams who they're not bad enough to be full tankathon and they're not good enough to be like, hey, we're going somewhere unless they get a Lamar and, you know, maybe even a Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever, but it's going to be wild. Every year it is wild with the quarterback carousel, but this year it's going to be nuts because the quarterback play in the league last year was awful. And then the head coaching jobs that are available this year are awful. Like it's it's a haves and haves have nots, and any hope that you know I had of maybe moving on from our quarterback next year is out the window. Like Cousins is he's good enough. I mean, when I look at what's available around the league, he's good enough. He's going to be our guy next it year. Depends. Number one, what does Tom Brady do? Right. Because does he retire? Does he go back to Tampa, or does he go elsewhere? I think the least likely is he goes back to Tampa. Yes, I agree. Now. Does he go to the Raiders? Because the Raiders, you know, they know Brady with McDaniels. They also know Jimmy. Jimmy also has connections to the Jets, to Miami. What does Baltimore do with Lamar? Where does Derek Obviously, Carr go? These are these are great topics for like a, an off-season pod, and I really want to go into it then. But just off the top of my head, so let's start with Brady just for a couple minutes. I think most likely outcome is retirement still, even though people don't really, you know, put too much weight in that. He's 45. Or if you're going to play in the NFL 46 before next season. Yeah, 46 in August. You should, if you're a 46-year-old man, you shouldn't be going through an NFL training camp in the he summer. He looks like but, he doesn't even want to be touched. Yeah. Like. He he does not want to take, every retire, time he takes Tom, a hit, you're like, yeah. just retire. He like, no one to, wants to, no one wants to see you Jordan on the Wizards. No. Like, no one wants to see that. Last year was as close as we should get to Jordan on the Wizards. He needs to retire. But if he's coming back, obviously, Raiders are top of the list. I think that's a horrible fit for him because I just think horrible. They're, they're, he's in a division with Mahomes and Herbert, and maybe Sean Payton goes to the, the Broncos. I see who's why behind the Raiders the would do it. Yeah, the Raiders. Sell I, tickets. Sell tickets. Actually get some of your own fans in the building for a change. You know, goat coaching with his longtime offensive coordinator Devonte Adams. I get it. I don't see why Brady would do it. The Jets, it's a fit. They have cap space. They have the ability to sign a bunch of young players, and, and they have a great team. And the ability to stick it to Bill Belichick twice a year. That's what I'm saying. And then a lot of rumors. You know, possibility going back to the Patriots. I don't buy that much. So no. for me, my thoughts would be number one, most likely retirement. Number two, the Jets. Number three, the Raiders. And then, you know, everything else a distant second. I had a debate with a friend yesterday, like, would he go to the Niners? Not a fucking chance. No. Nope. Not a fucking chance. 
Kyle even, would be I don't like, even think thank you for the it. offer. <laughs> I don't even think they're entertaining it. But if they were, please don't. Please don't do it. It just... Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about Niners quarterback scenarios, do the Niners trade Trey Lance to Tampa Bay? Yes. I heard that today. Yeah. I and someone yes. who said a second-round pick, I'm like, if you can get a second-round pick for him, because <laughs> he might as well be a like dead asset as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And I'm like, you get a second round pick. Cause we have no picks since we mm-hmm. traded for Lance and then traded for McCaffrey. Eh, excuse me. Sorry. Nope. We have picks. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> hired uh, Rand Carthon today. So we're getting another third round pick because <laughs> we're just Tremendous. a third round pick. We're just a third round pick factory. Um, yeah. I mean, I forgot. I to think mention I don't like Brady, Trey Lance Tennessee serves no well. purpose. Trey Lance serves no purpose as a backup. Right. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go with Brock Purdy, you might as well just cut bait with Trey and you get Purdy for three more seasons after this one for nothing. Basically for free. Yeah. I mean, you if I was John Lynch, no matter what happens this season, I let Jimmy People walk. People say like I if he trade. wins the Super Bowl, like he's starting next year. I'm like, uh bruh, he's starting next year, like now. <laughs> like three weeks ago. Yeah. Like Lance I mean, will not the, be on the. He's team. not being compared. People are like, oh, is he like of the echelon, like of like Mahomes? I was like, hell no, he's not. But he's yeah. playing like damn well, and he's also free, and he'll yeah. be free for a long time. And <laughs> what compare a cheat him, code. Compare him to Jimmy. Like people want to bag Jimmy for throwing eight times in the championship game. Like, okay, well Purdy's better than that. So right. and he costs one fortieth the amount. Like it's nuts. It's a cheat code, and it's, you know, the Niners are good now. They might only get better when they get the QB money off the books. I mean, it's incredible. It's part of the reason they and have we get probably Michael the Lynch's money off the books. Yeah. Don't forget that. Part of the reason you guys are probably the best roster in the NFL is the quarterback room costs, what, a combined like eight and a half million this year? And, and, like, and that'll to, do put, it. to bring it full circle, that's probably what the Ravens are thinking about. Like, because mm-hmm. you are totally screwed if you, like, Arizona, like Denver, like all these teams, like the Washington with all the picks they gave up for Carson Wentz, like you are Mm -hmm. screwed Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work. It's going to be a wild offseason. Nate Sudfeld back to the Niners confirmed. Yeah. As the second (laughs) stringer behind Purdy and then, you know. And then draft a guy. Yeah. Draft a guy to be your third. Draft Stetson Bennett. Oh, my God. He's a Kyle's wet dream. He's like, is he, he is. A, is he a white guy with a winning, winning oh, he track is. record? He's literally oh, like, God. Kyle just snorts Stetson Bennett at home. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the offseason pod. This, He'd be I, three I'm, years older than Brock Purdy. It's insane. Yeah. The, people were like. Uh, Has he been in college for like 10 years? They're Has like, he in college uh, longer than me? Brock Purdy reminds me of a young Stetson Bennett. That's a <laughs> sentence that you can say. It's just absurd. Oh, my God. All right, let's pivot. We're going over to my You Like That picks of the week. Last week, we went one and two, taking Jacksonville, which barely got there. Baltimore, we have to judge it at six because that's what I gave it out at, even though I bet it at 10. Most people would bet it at seven and a half or higher. So anybody who bet Baltimore last week likely won, but we're going to judge it as a loss. And then Tampa Bay plus three, which was dead in the water from the beginning. So 25, 15, and five in the regular season, one and two so far in the postseason. We're making three picks again this week, even though there's four games. So there's two that we both like. Uh, Cincinnati 
plus five um, on the road. You have to go with Cincinnati because you picked them to win the Super Bowl. Despite the offensive line woes, I thought this line would be three. The reason it's five is because of the offensive line issues for Cincy, but I'll take the points with Burrow, a guy who's much less likely to turn it over than Allen is. So we're going to go with Cincinnati as one of our picks. Sounds good, right? Yeah, like I said, I guess I got to take him. I still feel good about it because I feel like Josh will throw the Bengals. I mean, they did just play a little bit of a game mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, and the Bengals were driving to make it 14-3. to Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Bengals are afraid of playing in Buffalo. Um, despite their offensive line issues, I, I, I just think – and their defense – I mean, people don't talk about their defense. Their defense is playing really well. Um. It really is, and Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator, so he's the opposite of the Vikings at Donatel. I, I saw some stats this year. He, along with D'Amico Ryans, is like the ultimate second-half adjustment guy. Like Cincinnati gives up quite a few points in the first half compared to the top teams of the league. Second half, they shut him down, and that's exactly what happened in their playoff run last year. I believe in their three uh, postseason wins in the AFC, they gave up like a combined like 10 second-half points total, so... That's what he does. I feel good about Cincinnati's defense, even if their offensive line is is struggling, and then Burrow will, will get him there. Uh, we both like SF minus three and a half. Uh, I expected this line to be six and a half, maybe seven, and when I saw three and a half, I bet that immediately. That's going to be one of our picks of the week. Uh, we both believe in Purdy. We both believe in Kyle, and we both think, yes, Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, we apologize for underrating you last week. But to see them go into SF and, and boss that game, I, I just kind of don't see it. Yeah. I I mean, I tell you, I'm a lot more concerned about the game than I was two days ago. Um, but I just don't – I think Tampa's that bad. And I just – I don't know if that can put two games in a row together. And I just – we saw this game last playoff and not – and the only thing that's really changed, I mean, personnel-wise, Dallas has gotten worse. Because they had Amari Cooper last year, who had a pretty, quietly had a pretty damn good year with Cleveland, mm-hmm. um, and the Niners added Christian McCaffrey. And if if people watched the game last year, the Niners, if they had a competent quarterback, would have won would have won forty to ten. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't. They had Jimmy, who we still love, but just got to call a spade a spade. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think the Niners, it's interesting because it's very Aaron Donald-like. I think the Niners are going to run right at Micah Pyrons. Yeah, and I, I think that's I, the move. I I just, like you said, the crossing, if you, the Seattle game, it was, and Pete Carroll said after the game on a radio, I saw, like, what's the difference between the Niners and Seattle? And he's like, the front seven. Like, basically said the linebackers, like, they're running the play, the, Kyler runs his play act, like, zone read or outside zone scheme and, here comes Kittle. Here comes how you crossing like the Debo touchdown. There's no one over there. Yeah. And, and I think that's going to be the same. Um, I hope, I mean, it's a tougher you can, test you can, than Seattle. You can easily was. make a case for Dallas to win. Um, the Niners secondary concerns me, um, especially on when Dallas goes two tight ends with Dalton Schultz. And I think the rookie Jake Ferguson, they, um, and they got two good running backs. Yeah, I mean it should be a good game, but gonna uh, yeah, gonna be an awesome one. One that's definitely much more of a contest for you guys than the Seattle game was, and that a lot of people are going to say that'll be the game of the week if Cincinnati Buffalo isn't. That's probably the second candidate, um, and then the third pick we're going with. We're taking Giants plus seven and a half. 
No explanation on that one. I'll have you go into it a little bit later in our final segment. Um, so here is our, you like that, three picks of the week for the divisional round. Number one, we're going with the Giants plus seven and a half on Saturday. Number two, we're going with Cincinnati plus five on Sunday in the early game. And then number three, we're going San Francisco minus three and a half in the late game on Sunday. Your you like that picks of the week divisional round. On to your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about at the moment. I'm teeing you up for it, man. This is one of the wildest ones. The floor is yours. Tee it up. I might hit a slice, but might hit this one down the middle. Um, I am taking the New York football giants to beat, not cover, to beat the Philadelphia Eagles Saturday Oh, boy. And I feel pretty good about it. I, I don't like what I saw at the end of the regular season with Jalen Hurts with his injury. And then when he played week 18 against the Giants, meanwhile, the Giants practice squad uh, wasn't as impressive as I would have liked. I just don't, I also just don't believe he's 100%. And I don't even think he's that close. Um, does he even finish the game? Um, Lane Johnson being definitely not 100%. They said he's going to play, but he tore his like, abdomen. No, thank you. Uh, no way he's he's going to be healthy, and I just think I, I the Giants have a, so much momentum right now, and I'm such mm-hmm. a big believer in that, and and they have nothing to lose. I mean, really, like it's all on Nick Sirianni and Philadelphia, and and oh, yeah. again, if if the Giants they can run the ball, if 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 Vanilla Vic runs runs with his legs, <laughs> gets you know, Jalen Hurts might be the second most athletic quarterback in this game. I don't know. Vanilla, oh man, <laughs> Vanilla Vic looks like, I mean, damn, he looked like Colin Kaepernick against Minnesota. Like it's the he's so tall, the long legs. It looks someone like someone was saying earlier in the year that he's dollar store Josh Allen. He might be like, you know, Target Josh Allen or you know, little higher end. Josh Allen is more like I'm going to run you over. Like people just don't catch Daniel Jones. Like people still have that. What was it that game where he like took off? Like oh, on a yeah. zone read or something. It was against the Eagles, I believe. Yeah. He I think it was. Shit. And people were like, oh, it's Danny Dimes, like, you know, whatever. It's, it's no, like he 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 route ran everybody until he toe picked. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's wishful thinking. Maybe I do just want a uh NFC championship game at Levi's, but I I wouldn't I again if the if the Giants do win, it's like that's a hell of a game. Like that's no walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Um I may, I will remind Philly you scares, this. Philly to, scares me with just the what what where they're trending. To try to talk you off of it, the Giants played a college defense last week. They're playing an NFL defense this week, okay. so that may make a difference. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> you might be right. You very well might be right. I mean, you could also <laughs> convince me this game's forty to ten. But um, you're going with it. You're going Giants over Philly. So that's why that was the the third pick of the week for us. You think the Giants win outright, basically on the backs of Dayball being a, a you know really yeah, solid I, I coach. Mean, I think Dayball's better than Nick Sirianni. I, I I think Daniel Jones is healthier than Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts was yeah. healthy, I think he's obviously better. Barkley's better than whatever yeah, they're trotting out I mean, of running back. Okay, you know? the, Philly definitely has like probably eight receivers better than what the Giants have. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just the the way the Eagles finish the season kind of kind of put some pause for me. 
So looks like I mean I I, I probably pick Philly to win the game, but you're picking the Giants to win the game. I'm picking definitely, I guess Cincy SF, and then in the other game Kansas City. So we'll see how it goes next week. We'll have our divisional pod uh, before we get out of Dodge here. One quick segment on something outside of sports. So um, you and I have been texting about this for weeks now. Uh, I kind of started the process with my wife of looking at condos and houses and seeing, okay, maybe it's time for us to start, start thinking about buying, you know, we've been together for, you know, seven years, we've lived together for five, we've been married for almost a year. It's like, it's time. I mean, let's look. So we go out and look and we find a bunch of places that I'm like, oh, this would be a really cool place to live. Man, that place looks nice. Let's go do some tours. I was like, but you know what I should do before that? I should go to the bank and get pre-qualified. Interest rates and taxes in California are a fucking crime. <laughs> like, you, and then you're telling me about your experience. You just bought a house like a few months ago. Like, it is criminal what is happening right now to anybody who wants to buy a home. Like, holy shit, is it a tire fire out there? Like, interest rates, it's six percent, six percent down here. So, like, say I, I did the math the other day. If you buy a million dollar house. You put two hundred thousand down, which is a ton of money. You put that down. You have eight hundred thousand that you owe on the house over the course of thirty years. You do the math on that. It's like okay, it should be if there's no interest, which there isn't, and no fees, which there aren't. It should be like twenty two hundred a month. No, you're paying like forty five hundred a month, like double. So that by the time you've paid that house off, that was a million dollar house, you're paying like one point seven million if you include all the fees and all the other stuff that they throw on there, like this situation, we talk about it all the time. We grew up in the Bay area. A lot of our friends have moved out of the Bay area because of this very situation, but with interest rates where they are now, it's like, how can anyone our age afford to buy a home in the Bay area, in California, in SoCal? It's nuts, man. It is nuts. It was wake up call after wake up call after wake up call. And we had planned for it, um, moving in with her parents and saving money, which um, has worked out. You know, they were fantastic for us, and it was a great, you know, two years of doing it. But yeah, I, it's, 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 it is criminal. There's no other way to say it. It's absolutely criminal. And I was talking to my dad recently, and he was talking, and then I had to like, tell him to stop. I was like, whoa, 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 don't, don't just gloss over that. Like you didn't just say that. And he, he was explaining to me that even after he paid off the house that, you know, I grew up in, mm -hmm. they still had to pay property taxes just to have the house there. And I'm like, wait a minute, you have to pay property taxes even after you've already paid. Huh? <laughs> He's like, yep. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Well I mean, we bought the house for eight twenty five, which, you know, was more than we wanted to spend. Um, but luckily, this house was pretty moving ready, and and uh, we had to kind of overbid what they were asking for it because um, we wanted to get in before they did an open house at the time, and um, we had something that they could really use. They wanted to stay here. Um, until their kid graduated because we bought the house in March and they had a kid graduating high school in June. So they're like, we want to still live here. We're like, well, we got nowhere. We have to be out like, you know, living with your her parents. So like 
And then they're like, oh, do you want to give rent back? We're like, no, we'll be super like forward. And we're like, you just live there for free. Um, <laughs> That's how competitive like, it is in California. Exactly. It's like, you can live there for free. By the way, we'll also pay for everything. And, uh, you know, the inspections, like out here, they just wave everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't because I wouldn't be able to sleep. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know how anyone I know or like anyone like us, like, you know, we both have it's like similar area we grew up in, similar, like, you know, with our parents. Like, I don't know too much of like what your parents like specifically, but my both my parents worked most of my life. My mom stayed home for a bit, but, you know, my dad worked in like they did really well. Really, I mean, we are very, very fortunate. And like, and even my parents were like, peace, see you. Like, we can't do it. Like, moved to Nevada and, and, I saw it like at U-Haul. Um, a lot of people were written one way, one way U-Hauls to like Arizona, to Nashville, to Austin, to Idaho, mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden you start looking on the internet. It's like this, this like this like ten acre mansion like in Arkansas looks really nice right now. <laughs> um, and I I would be the last person that would ever say that. Like I am a California guy. I I want. It's to hard because like we have here. family here. Like people always say like oh like you meet people like. Your wedding, like we, I met people there, like lived all over the, all over the U.S. It's yeah. like, well, why do you guys still live here? I'm like, well, I mean, I got my family's here, like, you know, jobs here, like, you know, people. I mean, people really do like the weather, you know, the beach, all that stuff. Like, and selfishly for me, like my family's not. I have Kayla's family, which is my family, but you know, my parents are gone. But I, I mean. It'd be really, it'd be really hard for me to not be able to go to like, you know, sharks games and that. Like, I, 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 I love to do it. Right. It's like, well, I got to live here. <laughs> and all these other people are like, yeah, I just moved to wherever. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, like, I, I know people that, like, I mean, they sell out for a home. Like, right. I mean, literally, like, if they anything happens, like, you know, they need new tires on their car or whatever. It's like we literally don't have insufficient funds. Right. That's just, a, and these are people who are doing well. Like, that's what's nice. Yeah, like you, like, you and, and Jamie. We're doing I mean, great. In the top you guys nine, are whatever, doing what do great? they call it? Is it, would it be the one percentile or the 99 percentile? I don't know how that works if you're like really high. For people our age, yeah, we're probably in the top five or 10 percent. And it's like, we would get absolutely slaughtered right now if we tried to buy a house. I'm like, oh, yeah. And that's the thing, too. Like, the way it's going, like now, it's not good for if you're buying or selling. Like right. when we we were kind of at the end of like, oh, it's like if you're selling, you're doing like you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, if we sold this house, like we lose money. It's insane. Because because but the but the people buying their their monthly is higher because right. of interest rates than what we pay, but the price of the house is lower. It's nobody wins right now in California. Like nope. literally nobody. Except for the banks who are doing just fine. Oh, they make yep. <laughs> well, I, nope. I just wanted we had to get that off our chest. We've been texting back and forth about that for like two or three weeks. Like California's housing situation right now. Like I should show we, you. I should not hear because I, I don't know people know my business, but like I should show you like what our we signed a stack of papers about this thick when we bought the house. <laughs> and I mean literally like this is terrible, but like I was signing I was signing things I had absolutely no idea what I was signing. Could have been like in ten years, like this house goes back to the bank. I don't even know because the the agents like just sign, just sign. It's literally like just sign. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I feel like that you basically get this big long receipt of what you bought, like with insurance, HOA, all this stuff. I'm like, it sounds like they're just making shit up. That's some of these things. It's like, mm-hmm. what even is this? People are getting absolutely blasted by the banks, by the mortgage companies, by the taxes, by, I mean, it's just, the situation in California is untenable. I've been but here's saying the for thing, years, like you, just you, build, build, build. They need to build 5 you, million houses. That's the only Jamie, way this gets better. You and Jamie have are, like, with your renting, like, part of the reason why you told me that you were looking at buying is, like, well, people are just jacking out the rents because they know people can't buy. Like, what <laughs> right. are you going to do? Like, not many people can shell out hundreds of thousands of dollars for a down payment. I mean, you could put down 3%. Like I know people that have literally put down three or 5% on a house recently. But the problem is, is you pay extra money. Like you pay extra insurance for not having 20% because you, the bank sees you as like a liability. Like you have no money, but they still want to give you a house because they still think (laughs) they still want to make their money on the interest over the, and it's like, um, it's insane. And the situation is basically the same for rent. So this is, will be, we're about to sign a lease to stay for another year where we live now, but it's like, they have raised in the two years we've lived here the absolute maximum allowable by law to like it's oh, yeah. like five percent plus the rate of inflation is what you're allowed to by California law raise the rent in a year. And both years they have done the absolute maximum. I do the math and I'm like, wow, they gave us like an 18 cent discount off of what the maximum allow. Like, how nice of them to do that. And then they you're like, really- I'm gonna go buy a pack of gum. It's insane. They want they want to kick us out so bad because we because we moved in the middle of the pandemic got such a low rate that even after these two maximum increases, if we were to move out, the people who would move in after us would pay pay almost fifteen hundred a month more than what we like, pay. Like yeah, now. you told it's me. I don't remember what it was, but you told me, and I remember being like, I mean, it's high. Like I mean, it's all relative, but like it's a lot of money. But like, like you live in L.A. Like you live in a nice like I've seen I've seen your place. Like it's nice, and I'm like. Yeah, I was like, you told me it was like 3,000, 31? Right. We started like, at like 2,500. They raised it to 2,800. Now they want to raise it to 3,100. And I looked online and they are selling units similar to ours for like 4,500. And I'm like, that yeah, is. Yeah, I was thinking when we rented absurd. in San Jose, which was at this time probably like three or four years ago now, um, we were 24. And. Yeah. I think it's probably the same. I mean, your place was when I first moved in LA, like we live. I mean, when I first moved out and was living with Tyler, our mutual friend from college, we were, we were paying, it was originally like 2150. And then we moved to another place. It was like 2200. And I was like, we're, and those were for two bedroom, two bath, nice, big units. Now it's one bedroom. And it's like, ours was 24 and the one one bedroom, like 700 and, 720 or 780 square feet and it's just it's going up at a rate that is so unsustainable so i don't like people i saw i saw something i think they put on the news like it was like talking about finances and stuff and um this lady like basically is like how are people surviving like i don't mean like as i don't mean like hyperbole i mean like seriously how do you survive like everything i goes i i make goes to taxes and uh, rent or a mortgage and like you go buy food everything is like eggs are 10 bucks a dozen now <laughs> it's nuts i know my dad told me and i was like um luckily they don't sell eggs at mcdonald's so um i don't really know the price of eggs but <laughs> I, was, um, I was actually telling caleb today i was like i 
I think I got to eat better. It's no, this is not a New Year's resolution, but I was like, I think I probably should eat better. Yes, that would be a good idea. But uh, even though all the various situations around the world seem to be mostly crummy at the moment, we always have the NFL to turn to to give us that distraction on the weekend. And some say this is the best NFL week of the year, divisional round of the playoffs, so a lot to look forward to. Thanks to everybody who listened again this week. We'll be back again next week to hopefully preview the 49ers trip to the NFC Championship game. So at least, one of our, <laughs> at least one of our teams can make it pretty far it's been a fun ride this season and thanks everybody who's been joining us every week we'll see you again next week and uh thanks for listening